Welcome to Masala PTI with your hosts, Ravi and Arvind. Pardon these Indians as they take you on a unique and wild ride around the world of sports. Hello, welcome to Masala PTI, your uh, sports show where two Indians talk about American sports. This is Arvind Srinivasan, and I got my partner in crime, Ravi Krishnan, with me here. We are going to Hello. do... Uh, Hello there, Arvind. How are you? Hey, good. How are you, Ravi? Good, good, good. It's been, uh, it's, it feels like it's been a while since we last had an episode when actually it's only been a, a little bit more than a week. Yeah. I think we were going to, you know, really excited for uh, a mock draft. Fantasy football is here, and then we said we'll do it sooner than later. It took us a little longer, but at least here we are. Are you ready for the mock? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, it's one of those, uh, you know, final inflection points that we've all been waiting for, or at least the two of us have been waiting for, wherein everything prior to this was almost like a preview to what we really wanted to talk about which uh, begins with uh, our key topic of discussion for today, which is the mock draft. Yes. So let's see whether it's going to be more of you and me mocking each other or actually drafting. But <laughs> so, let, so for our listeners, this is how it's going to work. Uh, actually, even for your own personal use, we strongly recommend this site, fantasypros.com, where you can do as many mock drafts as you want. It's a really cool site. So what we have set up here is basically a 12-team um, PPR league, like we spoke about last time. So it's all set up. We did a lottery just before this, and our pick is actually sixth. So it means there's nobody else in this draft, so it's just Ravi and I are going to be picking at sixth. That will just zip through the other picks, and we will briefly tell you what those picks are we won't get too deep into it but we will get deep into how we build our own team and what you know we're going to do with our draft pick you know that will involve some discussions between Ravi and I maybe some arguments who knows but you'll get a glimpse into what we are thinking in terms of uh, you know drafting and you know doing this mock and I'd also like to add that Obviously, a mock is not a real draft, so I would encourage listeners to do as many of these as possible, and you get an opportunity to experiment. You know, if you want to see what happens if I pick Gronk instead of a running back or a wide receiver in the first round, you should totally do it, and then come again in 30 minutes and do another draft where you start with a wide receiver or a quarterback or whatever, and you will learn a lot of interesting things uh, with what team you end up with after. 12 rounds or 15 rounds, uh, regardless of where you start. Um, anything else you want to add, Ravi? Yeah, a couple of things, Arvind, and that was very well stated. A uh, couple of things in regards to why we want to approach the whole uh, uh, fantasy football preview for 2016 in this manner, wherein we are going to look at, or we are going to actually execute an actual mock draft versus talking about uh, consensus rankings or our top 50 and so on and so forth. 
reason for that is the first reason of course is that a lot of people so called experts do end up doing that and that reaches a point of stagnation where everyone kind of justifies their own top 50 top 300 etc and the best part about fantasy football prognostication arvin is that everyone can justify their rankings uh, with some random bits of data because there's always some data to support any uh, hypothesis so uh, that no answer is wrong and we didn't want to do it that way we wanted to kind of be in a real uh, mock draft or real mock i guess uh, <laughs> doesn't make sense but uh, an yes. actual draft scenario wherein we are on the clock trying to determine which player would we pick given the roster we have Right. That one that one thing and the second thing uh, I did want to state is that we will try our best to kind of uh, uh, unlock abbreviations that are common jargons that are often used uh, but rarely explained in the fantasy football universe things like ADP which stands for average draft position we will try to explain and elaborate on a lot of those as we go along this draft rather than issuing a primer before we start one Yeah, that's a good uh, way to approach this. And just to be clear, um, the rest of the picks would just, you know, fly by. So we won't be wasting a lot of time in this draft. And again, when you do it on your own, your experience will be much faster than a real draft because the system will pick the other picks. And in this show, our pick will not be timed because part of the uh, beauty of this is you want to look into what we go through when we draft do this draft and because we are both sharing this pick we would probably not agree all the time and you can get a glimpse into you know what ravi thinks versus what i think and we might go back and forth and then finally find a consensus or uh, give up or whatever so that's how it is going to work let's dive in what do you say ravi let's do it okay cool so i clicked on start draft already so immediately it gave us five picks. Antonio Brown goes one, Odell Beckham, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, and David Johnson. So basically, it took four receivers straight, which was a little bit of a surprise for me. Yeah, and I'm actually also surprised by the first running back pick, which happens to be David Johnson. And I'll elaborate on him in particular a little while later in one of our uh, Paka Five topics. Uh, but okay. as we had discussed last week or in the last episode wide receivers seem to be the flavor of the season and uh, uh, you know so one would expect them to go high having said that and I'm, I'm still stunned that the top four picks were yeah. all wide receivers in this particular mock draft right. so i guess i i know what you want to do here i think i would be totally uh, comfortable with Todd Gurley here yeah absolutely no denying that okay um so let's draft him that's a good value at number 5 so sure enough now we have to wait for the you know snake to come back to us and it's done that already so more receivers are gone AJ Green Allen Robinson then Adrian Peterson at 9 Lamar Miller Des Bryant Keenan Allen Gronk uh, was the first pick of the second round i thought he would go a little earlier right? Yeah, to me, a couple of names on the first round draftees seem like uh, uh, you know not as valuable uh, as Gronk is, uh, notably Lamar Miller and Keenan Allen, who in this particular draft simulation mm-hmm. seem to have gone with the tenth and the twelfth pick of the first round. Uh, 
again, it's all different ideologies and in a value-based draft method, uh, Gronk versus any other replacement player at his position, uh, there is much wider of a margin than Keenan Allen and someone like uh, Jordy Nelson or Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah, that's true. But, um, you know, I, I guess with the Titan, that's one of the risks. People have different philosophies on where to pick him. But I've seen him go higher than this for sure. But, you know, first pick of second round, I'm bad. Yeah. And then you got Ezekiel uh, Elliott, Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell, you know, if, but for a suspension, I would guess would have gone much higher. Jordy Nelson, Devonta Freeman, and Alshon Jeffrey. Those are all gone. So now, the interesting part of the draft uh, begins. So, so pick again. We got a few options here, right? We got, yep. you want to stick with running backs, you got Jamal Charles. Is I on the list, and I would probably uh, be tempted, except that he's coming back from injury. And Mark Ingram has been pretty high on the list this year as well. And on the receiver side, quite a few have disappeared already. And then what you got is at the top of the list: Ben Marshall, Mike Evans, Brandon Cooks, and of course, no quarterback yet. Uh, Cam Newton, Aaron Rodgers being the top choices there. And, you know, we already lost the first Titan, so I don't know how, how interested you are in Titan. So which way are you leaning here? Yeah, so actually before telling you what my thoughts are, I did also want to uh, offer up one more thought which should have gone before we start with this, which is that in any debate that you and I have, uh-huh. I nominate your vote as the one that uh, uh, passes muster. So <laughs> if you and I disagree your vote is the one that goes in as our pick. So having well, said that... How about we can split that? I was going to let you pick some as well. So <laughs> maybe I make that call, right? I make that call. Okay, about let's that? do that. <laughs> so so that, and, and it, 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 it's super exhilarating that I think we reached that point hopefully very uh, quickly as early as in the second round because in my mind, none of these four suggested options on this website uh, seem as enticing to someone who's far below on the list. And that happens to be a running back, uh, Doug Martin. Oh, uh, okay. You know, I was reading some stat yesterday that he was, I guess, the leader last year in uh, carries or, uh, uh, yeah, more rushes over 20 yards than anyone else in the league. Uh, in a lot of ways, he seems the least affected by uh, handcuffs or any other potential usurpers on of his position uh, at, at his team. On, on his team. So to me, he seems like a reasonable argument uh, nominee there. Yeah. Uh, but what do you think? I actually, surprisingly, I don't have a huge problem with that because in my list, uh, he's right behind uh, Jamal Charles and Mark Ingram. Um, I see. I do have these two ranked higher, uh, but the problem with Jamal Charles is he's coming back from an injury, right? Otherwise, he probably deserves to go even higher. Yeah, and so let me just ask you there, and quite frankly, that got nipped in the bud really quickly because I completely agree that while it felt kind of nice and cutesy to kind of suggest Doug Martin, I wouldn't want to be the owner who passed on Jamal Charles when I had the opportunity to pick him up in the second round. So I think a more worthwhile argument that I would like to hear you out on is, what do you think Jamal Charles versus some of these wide receivers that seem to be available. Yeah, I think both of us have a running back 
bias in general. Right. And at this point, I would be okay with somebody like Mike Evans or even Brandon Marshall. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm okay with Brandon Cooks. Uh, yes. Uh, and I would be ha- happy with Mark Ingram as well. Mark Ingram has had an interesting career so far, right? But this year, they're saying is when he's actually going to break through. And yeah. I am buying a little bit of the hype. But wh- why don't we go ahead and take Doug Martin, right? He's not that far off in my mind from these two. And Jamal Charles is is risky just because of the injury. Now, my philosophy, Ravi, overall on that is I tend to gamble a little bit more as I go in later rounds, as I go mm-hmm. further down the track, right? So you would see me pick somebody dangerous or you know injury prone later, but to me the I I need more of sure shot kind of guys at the top of the draft. Now we are going against the grain a little bit here, but I think not by much. So let's pick Doug Marvin. What do you think? Sounds good to me. Okay. All right. So we got Doug Marvin, and now the draft continues. What there's a few more guys gone after that. Uh, obviously, Jamal Charles, Ben Marshall, Mike Evans, Ben Cook, Demarius Thomas, Amari Cooper, LaShawn McCoy, Mark Ingram, Eddie Lacy, and Golden Tate. So it's funny it took Mark Ingram uh, so many picks after our pick to kind of go away from the draft board. I thought he'd be gone earlier, but anyways. So this draft, LaShawn McCoy actually went ahead of him. Which yep. I guess is fine. So now we have two running backs. So our team, I think, at some point we need to look at receivers and other positions. I guess is is there a name here that you like? Because the guys on the top of the list right now are like Ty Hilton, Sammy Watkins, uh, you know, Jarvis Landry. Or if you want to stick with running backs, I guess we still got C.J. Anderson, Carlos Hyde. I- I'm leaning towards the receiver at this point. What do you think? Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, again, I obviously, uh, you know, and this is what makes it interesting. I think uh, what the consensus rankings on fantasy pros suggest versus what I think you and I think is slightly different. Uh, I'm not a huge Tammy Watkins fan. Uh, and to see him above someone like uh, Julian Edelman or for that matter even a Randall Cobb is surprising to me. But to your point, point overall on who we should pick, I think it has to be a wide receiver at this point. Okay. I, I am actually buying the Sammy Watkins hype this year. I see. Uh, I would be perfectly comfortable with him. And Julian Edelman obviously feel like you can't go wrong with him. Um, surprisingly, T.Y. Hilton has dropped off. The whole... Indianapolis Colts situation is interesting, right? Because of the bad year they had last year, I feel like everybody has dropped the notch in terms of where they are getting drafted. Um, yeah, and in Hilton's case, I think the other problem, and again, a lot of these because it's prior to the season actually starting, so no one actually knows anything, uh, you know, uh, contextual or constructive. But a lot of people or a lot of uh, suggestions seem to be that T.Y. Hilton. Uh, is very similar, or rather, Philip Dorsett is very similar to the kind of player T.Y. Hilton is, so there is some 
level of cannibalism there and then plus Dante Moncrief is there. So again, yeah. who knows what will happen. But in that sense, I agree with you. I think Watkins seems much more of a sure shot than T. Wyerton is at this point. Yes. So let's draft Watkins. And yeah. I like him here at this position. So now that we got our uh, WR1, hopefully. And then we see T.Y. Hilton go right away, Randall Cobb. So coming back to Cobb, it's interesting, right? I don't think he impressed people after Jordi Nelson was hurt last year. And I was also yeah. pretty disappointed with that. Um, and Jarvis Land, I'm a big Landry fan, by the way. Uh, and of course, Edelman. Jordan Reed is gone. DeMarco Murray is gone. Aaron Rodgers, finally the first quarterback, is gone. Kelvin Benjamin... Greg Olson, C.J. Anderson, Dante Moncrief, Latavius Murray. All right, so now we are in round four. We got a receiver. We got two running backs. Um, this is where you could go in several different directions. You got Cam Newton. You got still decent value in receivers like Jeremy Macklin. And when it comes to Titan, you got Delaney Walker, Travis Kelsey, um, those are some of the names in front of us. Uh, of course, running backs, Carlos Hyde, Matt Forte, Danny Woodhead, it's an interesting name, Thomas Rawls, obviously the new guy in Seattle. Um, what, what do you like here? I actually wouldn't mind a quarterback or even a Titan. Yeah, so, and I agree partially uh, with you on that, which is that in my mind, uh, there are clearly two prongs here on what we can do. I wouldn't buy a wide receiver here because I think the drop-off between picking a wide receiver now versus in the next round is not that significant. Mm -hmm. In my mind, though, if we can lock in a surefire blue chipper at 2B, someone like a Cam Newton, I think that makes a huge difference uh, versus whoever else will be available in the next round or the subsequent rounds. Or a little bit of a home run swing, which would be to completely consolidate our flex position with someone like a Carlos Hyde, who maybe is one among maybe 10 running backs or 10 teams uh, who are going to rely on a bell cow. Yeah. Uh, and Hyde is very much off a bell cow for the 49ers. So that's, those would be my two pick options at this stage. Right. So, you know, just in terms of ADP, I don't think any of those would be a bad pick because Cam Newton actually would be a good value here because he, he tends to go in the third round from what I have seen. And uh, Carlos Hyde would be right on, on point here. But l let's do Cam Newton because I'm a little bit uh, wary of the new coach situation that Carlos Hyde is dealing with and so on and so forth. Plus, we already have two running backs. So let's give our man Cam a shot here and uh, see how he fortifies our team uh, starting with the QB position. All By the way, Arvind, on that point, just one other thing that we uh, you know, started discussing in that round was uh, the value of picking a tight end early. A tight end not named uh, Gronk. Uh, I, just in terms of philosophy, have always felt, especially since the advent of Gronk and before that Aaron Fernandez that if I'm not getting either of them, I'm going to hold off on getting a tight end until much later. Last year I didn't do that and ended up screwing myself uh, because every year there seems to be 
the advent of the completely unnamed Titan who comes up either due to game scenario or team scheme or just because of lack of other fast receiving options, someone like a Barnage, uh-huh. a Delaney Walker, etc. And I'd rather wait for one of those versus uh, taking a Titan with a fourth or a fifth round pick. Yeah, that yeah, that's other thing we should mention here, right? Is you know, draft is just one part of the equation. You got a lot of opportunities in ad drops, trades. Actually, our man Ravi here is draft is almost like a joke for him because he, <laughs> he, he nobody trades like him. So his team will be completely different by week three, regardless of who he picks. So yeah, I totally agree with you. I'm also not a big fan of drafting a titan really high unless it's Gronk. Gronk is the exception. No, none of these rules apply to Gronk. That's so, right. So, um, let's see here. So, after Cam Newton, uh, Jeremy Macklin, Rawls, Matt Forte, Carlos Hyde, Dion Lewis, uh, Danny Woodard, Kobe Fleener, Travis Kelsey, Delaney Walker, Eric Decker, they are all gone. So, there was a run on Titans, to your point. And I think I would also like to add here, Ravi, in your, you know, in any given draft room, you know, with your uh, team and with your, you know, fantasy league, you will see these runs coming sometimes. You can yeah. guess that, oh, people are going to go after quarterbacks or titans. And one thing to keep in mind is you don't want to be the last in that run. You either completely ignore and go have your own strategy for later rounds or you kick off the run. You kind of preempt them and you start the run whereby you get the best guy in that in that stretch if you lose out on that just don't panic and follow the crowd rather just wait and you know focus on some other question that's something i like to do and that goes along with the other thing which you know i've generally felt uh, keeps you in good stead in terms of picking the right player which is not to focus too much on positions, rather to focus on the best available player. Uh, eventually, uh, you know, it all kind of balances out in terms of uh, which player versus what position is available in a particular round. Especially uh, if you can trade like Ravi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, I guess, that's uh, one reason why I've never felt uh, too hung up on having to pick a certain number of running backs or wide receivers in a certain number of rounds. <laughs> So, but yeah, I agree with you. I think the idea is to either be the kickstarter of a particular run uh, or kind of start your own path. Uh, what you don't want to do is to pick the worst among uh, the picks in a particular run. Right. I think we did, you know, it's a good example of that is we kind of jumped on Cam Newton a little earlier. Yes. But we are waiting on the tight end right now because everybody is going away. So by that logic, our options here probably shouldn't really be focused on Gary Barnage that much. Um, the other options are, you know, Larry Fitzgerald, our guy from Arizona, Doug Baldwin, who, who you know, he's not, he had an amazing season last year, but he's not that high on a lot of lists for whatever reason. Uh, he, is, he is recommended here by the side, but I'm not sure about that. And then running backs, of course, we are now down to. Duke Johnson, uh, Giovanni Bernard, which is an interesting name for me, Ryan Matthews, Jeremy Hill, and so on and so forth. Um, what do you think? Um, I am. I have an eye on Giovanni Bernard here. Yeah, I, you know, 
for a, for a change, I'm actually in complete agreement with you. Uh, not just because, again, having personally experienced the woes of owning Jeremy Hill last year, I can tell you that Gio, Gio Bernard is definitely a much better asset to own. And the second thing is this particular mock graph that you're running is a PPR type of uh, graph, which means basically a point per reception. So any running back that is going to catch passes uh, is worth his weight in gold. So people like Gio Bernard and in a slightly lesser manner, even a Duke Johnson, I think, is valuable. But I go for Gio uh, nine times out of ten over some of the other RBs that are in that same vicinity. Yeah, great uh, point. Because, you know, we, the other options here are like Ryan Matthews, Potentially a little injury prone and Jonathan Stewart and all of that. And I think Bernard is a decent uh, value here. So and it's a question also of upside because it's funny you mentioned those names that are kind of in and around the Geo Bernard ranking in, in the consensus list on this particular site. They all would qualify in the cocoon of boredom, mediocrity and boredom. Ryan Matthews, Jonathan Stewart, Brian Gore. They have limited, I mean, they have a base level, uh, you know, expectation and very minimal ceiling. Yeah. Uh, I think Gio could basically make us cry, but he could also blow the roof uh, in regards to his upside. Yeah, I, I, I'm getting excited for this team because he's an awesome uh, uh, flex as far as I'm concerned because we yeah. already have Gurley and Todd Martin. Yeah. Uh, so Gio Bernard as a third running back, I think is, is not bad at all. And now we are in round six, a few more Titans and quarterbacks. There's a kind of a run on the quarterback. Uh, Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck, Drew Brees are gone. Running some running backs like you know Ryan Matthews, uh, Matt Jones, Frank Gore, uh, they are gone. Tyler Eifert is gone. In terms of wide receivers, Larry Fitzgerald, uh, Michael Floyd, and Jordan Matthews are gone. So, you know, Ravi, being Arizona fans, it's fascinating that in some drafts, Fitz, Floyd, and John Brown are literally going back to back to back. Uh, so they're really expecting Floyd to step up and kind of almost displace Fitz and all the three receivers to be really close in terms of production. Uh, so what we have on top of our list here is actually... Yeah, John Brown, and of course we have guys like Emmanuel Sanders and Marvin Jones. What do, what do you think of these names up here? You know, for for a change, uh, this top list of suggested options for once kind of aligns with what uh, I had in mind. Also, uh, I think it behooves us to take the wide receiver at this point and looking at the options. It appears that either John Brown or Sanders would not be bad picks. Uh, they are safe. Um, I think Sanders is less safe, uh, believe it or not, uh, given their stupid quarterbacking situation. Uh, at the same time, he doesn't possibly have to deal with two other potential studs at wide receivers either. So I could go either ways. I do think we need to pick a wide receiver at this point. Uh -huh. It's uh, up to you. Why, what do you think of uh, Marvin Jones? He has been like trending up. And we, by the way, we have uh, Michael Crabtree too. 
that's yeah, another name that's the, so i didn't see that right so now i'm looking at the the scroll chart on who else is there and both of them actually intrigue me marvin jones as per some news item that i read yesterday seems to kind of currently uh, be the one uh, you know running uh, as the one uh, at, at in detroit yeah and he always showed flashes of brilliance even while in some so that's not surprising Crabtree, I think, other than Amari Cooper's uh, ungodly physical talent, uh, is right up there in terms of uh, targets and being a fairly reliable option for Carr. And then the other guy that kind of intrigued me on that list, Arvin, among the remaining guys, was Alan Burns. Uh, each of these, again, has a similarity. I think Burns and Crabtree and John Brown and Sanders, you uh-huh. know they are going to get their numbers. It's just a question of picking the right one. Yeah, so to me, the the problem with Alan Hearns is, for whatever reason, the entire Jacksonville team is projected to take a step back. Uh, they all had amazing fantasy seasons last year, right? Especially the passing attack. Alan Hearns, Alan Robinson, and uh, uh, Blake Bortles. Yes. Now, they're saying they cannot repeat that. I, I don't quite buy into that. But that's why all three of them are a little bit lower in, you know, ADP than I would have guessed six months back. Now, that's the reason I would just leave them aside, especially because we have these other options here. Now, I totally agree with you on Emmanuel Sanders. I don't want him, actually. I, I think there's too much of a question mark with the quarterback there. Yeah. So that leaves us with Marvin Jones, Michael Crabtree, and John Brown. And Marvin Jones is somebody I've traditionally hated, actually, because he always seemed to fall short of expectations. He'll have these, you know, monster games and then disappear for five weeks and then come back again and have another three-touchdown game. But this year, he, he looks really promising. But my gut is still to stay away from him, at least because we have John Brown and Michael Crabtree here. And as much as I love John Brown, I feel like Michael Crapley is going to be pretty solid this year. And that would be my pick if I were to uh, pick here. I say go ahead because I'm using kindergarten math here. I think John Brown has to split his pass attempts or catch attempts with two others. I think Crapley has to do it with just people. Okay, cool. Let's go with Crapley. All right, this team is coming along nicely. Uh, yep. We got Sammy Watkins and Michael Crabtree at the wide receiver position. We probably need to fortify that a little bit more down the road. So something along those lines, interesting you mentioned that, which is that you know now we reached a point with that sixth round pick wherein we kind of were truly in a quandary. Uh, you know, we had to pick one among four or five wide receivers who we thought were kind of in the same zone of uh, you know interest. So. Typically, what I do if that were to happen is to see if on the come around round, in the next round essentially, if one of those other guys that I didn't end up picking is still available, I go ahead and pick that guy as well. So that I'm kind of hedging my bet that I didn't pick the one wrong guy amongst four available ones. Hopefully, two out of four is not a bad probability. That, you know, when that happens, it's really lucky, we feel like. And here, that's exactly what's happening, is Marvin Jones, surprisingly, is still available. Now, those scenarios are really easy to manage when you are in one of the corners, right? When you are in 2 or 11, you can actually 
fairly accurately predict, and people should do that as they see the draft go around, because you can see that one or two teams between your two picks, you can look at their current roster and you can actually project if this person is going to be looking at a tight end or a quarterback or whatnot, and you can fine-tune that. You can kind of undercut them and take a position and save the other person for the you know snake around, right? Now, we are sitting right in the middle of the draft. It's a little... Sorry, sorry, to, sorry to cut you off there, Arvind, but that really captures the essence of what fantasy football, especially the draft strategy, is all about, which is to focus more on other people's rosters than your own. Yeah. Uh, and to me, that's a perfect example, wherein you, uh, especially if you are in a confusion on who to pick currently with your current pick, you might want to keep an eye on what the guy sitting next to you and before you in the next round are possibly going to pick because that should establish or clarify what you can do now and with your next pick. Yes. So, in this case, we got a shot at Marvin Jones still. Now, I don't know if it's still too early for you to do a tight end. Julius Thomas is there. I'm not too excited about him. Um, there's a name I see which was what I was a couple of names in the tight end that I am interested in actually Antonio Gates and Dwayne Allen uh, now we need to make a call on whether they're going to survive uh, this round right as in when you get our next shot are they going to be available for us that's one question on the tight end front on the receiver front of course I think I'm comfortable with Marvin Jones here on in terms of running backs, let's see what are the names we're looking at. Jeremy Hill is still around. Jonathan Stewart. Jeremy Langford, which is a very interesting name. I think his stock is kind of falling. Um, but, you know, he's quote-unquote the starter in Chicago. And so is Melvin Gordon in San Diego. Adrian Foster, Ramir Abdullah. Not bad so names, let, actually. Not yeah, bad so names let at me, all. Let me ask you about Adrian Foster. You know, he's an interesting guy because the fact that the Arian Foster is still available in the seventh round is a shock in itself, but candidly not as much given what has transpired in the last six to twelve months. Yeah. But if you really want to swing for the fences here and pick an Arian Foster and Miami decides to hand him the starting role, I wouldn't be shocked at the end of the year if you were to be the top five running back finishers uh, this next season. I know. Okay. Not very likely, <laughs> but you know, in the seventh round, we are not really getting blue chippers anyways. Right. So that well, would be one guy from the running back list, the only guy from the running back list that would interest me. But otherwise, I'm fine going the safer option with a with a wide receiver okay. or a tight end. Why Why don't you pick this? I, I I do not like Foster here, but I'm going to let you pick. Okay. Uh, Who do you want? You can go anywhere you want with this. Uh, Foster? Let's do it. Okay. That is a good uh, running back call we are building, especially if Foster stays healthy. All right, so then we lost a bunch of, um, uh, you know, quarterbacks again, which we don't care about at this point. So the picks in order are Blake Bortles, Antonio Gates, Julius Thomas, Alan Hearns, Jerry Carr. Marvin Jones, Jeremy Lanford, Jeremy Hill, Rashad Jennings, Jonathan Stewart, Charles Sims, TJ Yeldon. I I think here 
uh, Ravi, we are looking at receivers like Taylor Lockett, Deshaun Jackson, uh, nothing to get too excited about. Milton yes. Gordon and Amir Abdullah are still there. Uh, tight end is getting a little thin, in my opinion. And I, I think that's our play. Yeah, I would like Dwayne Allen. Really yes. Here, right? You know, by the way, speaking of him, in general, I do think, just personally speaking, that he is one of my uh, uh, you know, undervalued guys for this season. I think the, for a while it appeared that there was potential there. I think it was two a few seasons ago where he had a great run for six or seven games. Mm-hmm. But he always had the specter of Toby Fleener all over him. So yes. it will be interesting to see how he functions in that offense as the only uh, main titan. Right. He is, you know, he's definitely somebody I am very high on this year. So I'm going to draft him here. But one word of caution for us is he is, uh, we are picking him a little higher than his ADP. Uh, but I am okay with it. Yeah, me too. Okay, let's pick him. So we got our tight end. One thing Arvind, that I did notice in this particular mock draft was, and again, it's more of a drafting philosophy, which is, uh, there is a school of thought around uh, obviously picking your top running back and then uh, overvaluing um, those running backs and cups on their respective teams. I did see TJ Eldon and a couple of other uh, handcuffs go in the 6th and 7th round of this particular mock draft, which represents that school of thought. In my viewpoint, candidly, the whole you know philosophy of picking handcuffs to basically handcuff your number one running back uh, mm-hmm. is almost like you're going to take up, take up your bench for most of the season. So I'm not a big fan of that. I know, you're not a big fan of that. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I tend to play it a little safe, but yeah, you can go either way, right? You could say I'm handcuffing or you can say I go pick another running back in the middle of the season. Sometimes it's, it's yeah, it, it's the same. Uh, I agree with you on that. You could go either way. Um, and in this case, interestingly, actually, TJ Elgin, I don't know if you noticed that, went higher than Chris Ivory. So Chris that's Ivory really is, intriguing, yeah. Yeah. Chris Ivory is the handcuff, if you will, even though, I mean, two different teams picked them. So, after doing Allen pick, uh, the guys Donna Melvin Gordon, Amir Abdullah, D'Angelo Williams, Justin Forsett, Theo Reddick, Chris Ivory, Derek Henry, Jay Ajayi, Tyler Lockett, and Willie Sneed. Now, we are uh, in round nine, and what I think, looking at our team, let's see what our team is doing. Our team is basically... Gurley, Martin, and Gio Bernard with Aileen Foster, the running back. We are pretty set there. Wide receivers are Sammy Watkins, Michael Crabtree, Titan, Dwayne Allen, and quarterback Cam Newton. So it looks like we need receivers. Yeah, we need a couple more wide receivers. Uh, that's uh, where I think we seem to be thin at the moment. Yeah, what so do you think of Sterling Shepard? He seems to be creating a lot of buzz. Uh, the only problem, I again, it's my personal viewpoint about him as well as Kevin White is, uh, you know, Kevin White is practically a rookie, but to me, rookie wide receivers always cause a lot of uh, uh, worry. Yeah, you know, I used to be in that boat until I drafted AJ Green a few years back. I think right. he's the one who changed my thinking on uh, on the whole wide receiver, rookie wide receiver situation. I think there are a few things going on, right? I think college teams are playing more and more of a 
pro-style offense. These guys are coming in more and more prepared. They have a lot of professional coaching in the off-season and training and whatnot. So I feel like lately uh, I, I lost my fear of the uh, rookie wide receiver. With that said, it's very interesting uh, in this list. I actually like uh, both Deshaun Jackson and Kevin White slightly better than Sterling Shepard. And the reason for that is, I think my Deshaun Jackson pick is a little bit like your alien foster, right? We know what he can do if he stays healthy, but that's like a font 38, you know, block letter if. So that's a huge hit. But I don't mind him or uh, Kevin White here. I like them slightly better than Sterling Shepard. I, I go Deshaun Jackson as well. In round nine, um, if, if it doesn't work out, you know, no pain. If it does work out, I agree with you. I think Deshaun Jackson has the capability of being a top 10 wide receiver at the end of the season. Okay, let's draft him. We need a little bit of luck with this team with Adrian Foster and Deshaun Jackson <laughs> on the injury front. All right. Bilal Powell, James Starks, Stephen Coleman, Cody Smith, Isaiah Crowell, Kenneth Dixon are all gone. So are Kevin White, Josh Gordon, Carlos Williams, Sterling Shepard, Eric Ebron, Jerick McKinnon. Um, so what have we got here? I think we got a few interesting names. In the receiver front, Cody Coleman uh, from Cleveland is there, Stefan Diggs. What an amazing stretch last year, but then cooled off late. Um, and on the running back front, I think it's getting really thin right now. Um, with James White in New England, who I thought was a disappointment last year. Yep. Shane Vereen, Darren Sports, Leverett Blunt, DeAndre Washington, the Oakland guy behind Latavius Murray. I could go uh, either way here. I think I would still stick with the receiver. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, here are my thoughts. I, in fact, I have three choices for you at three different positions. I think if we were to look at running back, much as I absolutely hate this guy, I would go with Garrett Blunt just because that offense uh, with the uh, possibility of multiple touchdowns from the one-yard line, always an option. I think Garrett Blunt, among those available options, seems most intriguing to me. Uh, from a tight end position, I like Martellus Bennett in general, uh, but also, again, in the same New England offense compared to whoever else is available at tight end. But I think I agree with you. My number one um, preference would be to stay with wide receiver, uh, take one of the uh, number one wide receivers for their respective teams, I believe, which happen to be uh, uh, Coleman and or Stefan Diggs. Yeah. Actually, you are changing my mind a little bit. I was not thinking tight end. Martellus Bennett, I think, is great value at this, at this position. And I think we could potentially... He has the season that people are expecting him to. We could even flex him. Uh, you know, and that's the thing. And that's where, again, just a kind of a, a fantasy theory talk butting into this small draft again, which is that uh, going back to what we were discussing around what the traditional definition of a tight end is, I think the one team and the one set of players uh, where that definition just can be thrown out the window is New England. I think they use their tight ends much more like uh, 
main wide receivers than any other team. Yes. So let's do Martellus then. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. We got two tight ends. We are all set. And then Leger Blunt went right away behind Marcellus Bennett, Darren Foles, C.J. Price, DeAndre Washington, Shane Wayne, Jimmy Graham, Corey Coleman, Stephen Diggs, and first defense against Denver Broncos and Ladarius Green, Pittsburgh Titan. They are gone. Um, we are in round 11, Ravi. Is it, uh, for me personally, this is still too early to think defense or kicker. What is your... Uh, uh, Arvind, you know where I stand on that. To me, kickers, round 15, <laughs> defense, round 14. And so I'm uh, obviously not going to disagree with you on letting uh, a few more rounds go before we even think of them. Okay, then I think this time I'm really looking at receiver. And there is not a lot of great names here, obviously, here in, in the later rounds here. Kamar Eichen, uh, Tavon Austin, Travis Benjamin, Vincent Jackson, Marcus Eden, Devin Funches. Anything, anything exciting there for you? Yeah, this is how we are. I mean, it, there is a reason. I guess we are in round eleven or twelve. Uh, the guys that I guess are okay picks would be like a Vincent Jackson. Uh, Kamar Eichen was interesting. I think I'm assuming that a lot of his production came after. Steve Smith got injured last year, but you know the production he had mm-hmm. uh, was pretty eye-opening. So I can see why he's uh, ranked higher than uh, Vincent Jackson and Marcus Wheaton and Travis Benjamin and the like. Uh, yeah. Also, but, I think uh, Steve Smith is back, but I think he, he's really old and he has two bad knees. He's going to be yeah, hard yeah, for yeah. him to. Uh, Kamal yeah. is pretty much the number one there. And so. Purely for that reason, because uh, Vincent Jackson is not. He's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I would take Kamar. Here. Go Kamar yeah, I would take Kamar. The Indians, we should give him uh, some love for his resemblance to our name, Kumar. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so our bench is looking slightly better now with Kumar Aiken, Marcellus Bennett. Adrian Foster and Deshaun Jackson. All right. So what do we got now? We are in round 12. Uh, now we are looking at Vincent Jackson is still there. Travis Benjamin was moved to San Diego. James White is still there. Nobody wants to touch New England RBs, I guess. And Tyrod Taylor, surprisingly, is still there. It's pretty late for him, I think. And a lot of drafts he's been going higher and higher. Yeah, um, going back to philosophy, this is another point in time where there is again one belief that you kind of stack up on at least two quarterbacks so that you can go with the matchup or weather conditions or indoor outdoor and I believe you think the same way I do Arvind which is I don't uh, you know over prioritize picking a second quarterback Um, I want one guy and for that guy to be my uh, primary mover unless I find a blue chipper late just because no one else picked him up, uh, like I remember you did with Cam last year. So I think that's that's a solid strategy, but not just to keep uh, shifting them around. Yeah, that I, I agree with that. I don't think we are in any pressure to. Uh, I, I'm still looking at wide receivers actually, and one name I, I I want to hear your thoughts on this. One name I'm really intrigued by uh, is Bruce Ellington. The San Francisco receiver. Hmm. Um, 
is a little bit, you know, behind all these guys in their list, and most lists, actually. But I would rather have him over a lot of these guys in the list, like Travis Benjamin, Vincent Jackson, Marcus Eaton. Or maybe Marcus Eaton. What do you think of Marcus Eaton? He's the guy. Marcus Eaton was the guy I was thinking about. You know, again, round 12, round 13. Yeah. They're basically just uh, swinging for the fences. Right. And no one's going to kill us for picking someone, uh, you know, wrongly. Let's uh, do Marcus I, Eaton. Yeah. Because I think, that at least we know that offense is solid. Uh, and it's it's a known devil versus an unknown angel with you know people like Bruce Ellington and Travis Benjamin. I think Travis Benjamin has a good shot this year, but it's a new scenery and who knows what happens. And Travis Benjamin, the other thing that I didn't know until today was I heard that James Jones signed with the Chargers. Oh, um, really? and you know James Jones is James Jones is that. Perennial irritant who, whichever team he plays for, he ends up uh, screwing the number one wide receiver's uh, stats in that particular team. Yeah. So that made me less optimistic about Travis Benjamin. Otherwise, I like him as a player. Okay. Yeah, that's a good point because he, I, James Jones often is not good enough to be your, your fantasy go to guy himself, but he's good enough to screw other people's uh, exactly. happiness. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, I did not see that news. Thanks for that update. But anyway, we got Marcus Eaton and then Vincent Jackson, Chuck Chandrick West, the Panthers D, Charles Clay, Travis Benjamin, Ryan Tannehill, James Winston, Jared Cook, Clyde Walford, and Darren McFadden are all gone. So now we are in round 13. This is the home stretch here. James White is still sitting there, uh, according to Fantasy Pros, a great value at this point. Uh, in terms of receivers, we got Devin Punches, Benny Cunningham. I really don't have any uh, names that really excite me at this point. Maybe uh, Bruce Ellington, actually. Other than that, I don't see anything here. What do you see? You know, I like Bruce Ellington. And uh, to me, he is, for obvious reasons, a value pick at this stage. Um, so, so let's go for Bruce Ellington. Okay. Just to be thorough about this, the run, running backs, Available at this point are James White, Christine Mike, M- Michael, Sean Brown, Spencer Ware, who is at new location this year, I guess. Um, Terrence. Now, on Bruce Ellington, who is San Francisco's, uh, who are top, uh, San Francisco's top two receivers this year? He is expected to be one of them. Tori Smith, who has really yeah. not done much since coming over uh, to the West Coast. Uh, it's really, uh, and that's a new offense. It's supposed to have a lot more opportunities for both of them. But for some reason, I like the value with Bruce Ellington right here than Tony Smith, who went like a few rounds earlier. Um, of course, we have, we have a few other names as well. Pierre Garçon is there. I guess he's getting up there in age. Yeah, I don't see, I would, I, I'm comfortable with Bruce Ellington here. Yeah, oh. me too. I think if he ends up being 40% of what Jeffrey Macklin was three years ago in Chip Kelly's offense, you know what, I think we uh, that, that's as good of an ROI we could have expected at this stage. Yeah, let's pick him. Alright, so now we are in round 14. It's probably time to look at defense or kicker. Um, some of the defenses that are gone. 
all the top ones have gone. Seattle, Denver, Arizona, Carolina, Houston, New England, Cincinnati, Minnesota. Um, in terms the of Rams kickers, nobody seem to have improved on defense this year, and I know they were rather good last year as well. Yeah. What have you you heard of them? I like both Chiefs and Rams here. Um, and none of the kickers have gone. Interesting. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, what your pick? Um, you can. Let's do Chiefs. I mean, purely because of the fact that they get to play Sanchez slash Paxton Lynch twice. <laughs> Uh, Philip Rivers a couple of times and uh, I guess Oakland a couple of times. So let's do Chiefs. Yeah, okay. Oakland is better this year, but still. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, more defense disappearing from the list and then the quarterback, I mean kickers. So we're right in the middle of a kicker run. Steven Gostowski, Steven Hoshka, Justin Tucker, Chandler Catanzaro, Mason Crosby are all gone. And That leaves us with Dan Bailey, Adam Vinatieri. Who do you who do you like in the kicker list here? Yeah, Bailey or Vinatieri, just because I think they'll probably have more scoring chances than some of these other guys, and both play indoors, right? I mean, or at least their home fields are indoors in both their cases. Is that not right? Yeah, uh, that's true. That's true. I'm I like Dan Bailey this year. I mean, if if Mr. Romo is healthy, that offense is something you can bet on. You know, that is, a, that is a good point. In fact, speaking of Romo, he's another guy that I feel is uh, somewhat underrated this year. I know there's a lot going against him in regards to his injury and the general uncertainty which, uh, you know, kind of engulfs the Cowboys prior to every season. But he, he has weapons around him. Yeah. Let's go with Bailey and then see what happens. Wow, that's our team. So, um, Cam Newton at quarterback, Todd Gurley, Doug Martin, starting running back, Sammy Watkins, Michael Crabtree, starting wide receivers, Dwayne Allen, Flex, Gio Bernard, Kansas City Chiefs defense, Dan Bailey, kicker, the bench is Adrian Foster, um, Deshaun Jackson, Marcus Bennett, Kamar Aiken, Marcus Wheaton, Bruce Ellington. That looks good. I, I think we could have used one more running back in the bench. But other than that, I like that roster. What do you think? I do as well for one reason, uh, in addition to what you said, which is uh, I think we have a, a few what-ifs on our team uh, from a breakout candidate perspective. I think Adrian Foster, Deshaun Jackson, Martellus Bennett, all three of them could end up making us win a few games just by their own monster performances yeah. and for the fact that all three of them currently ride our bench makes me feel really good awesome yeah I, I like it too by the way one last comment on um, the draft process the fantasy pros is giving us a b minus uh one caution for our listeners is uh, it's always interesting to look at the grade but you shouldn't put too much stock in it because if you follow their ranking then you're going to get an a or a plus or whatever the top ranking that's right Basically, their grade is based on their ranking, so they go hand in hand. Uh, I'm sure they have a few more algorithmic uh, twists to, you know, they probably look at ADP and what you got above and below and all of that, but it is definitely skewed towards their view of the world, whereas our view of the world could be completely different. So it's okay to be a little bit off on the draft grade. 
Well that, said. Yeah, that's that's about wraps wrapped up. Uh, I'm happy with our team, and it, I thought we did good given given all the challenges being in the middle of the draft. It's a spot I don't usually like. I prefer either the top or the bottom. Actually, the bottom most of the time. Um, with that said, I think uh, for this week's uh, Pucka 5, we were just going to do sleepers and busts, really. Um, That's right. We figured, and for those of you who have been listening to uh, our podcast for the past three weeks, uh, we obviously have this segment called Pucka 5, wherein Arvind and I both recite some of, you know, hopefully five of our uh, most uh, interesting sports tidbits for that particular week. Uh, this week, we decided to do something different, which is keeping uh, in line with the theme around fantasy football. We decided that we convert our Paka 5 conversation into the top five sleepers for this forthcoming season and the top five busts. Yes. Let me go first with the sleepers and then we can, okay. we can come in with the bursts. It'll be funny if we have uh, the same name in both these lists. <laughs> I'm actually looking forward to seeing who you have. Yeah, actually, uh, just a clarification. We talk about sleepers. Uh, some of them are not really sleepers. It's more like value picks, right? They're high value right. for where they're picked typically in drafts this year. So my quarterback sleeper, the first one is actually Matthew Stafford. I think he is uh, dropped in his uh, uh, ranking the day, um, you know, Calvin Johnson retired, right? So, but I think the team has done a great job of surrounding him with new weapons, and I expect him to have better than expected season. And if we can grab him um, lower in the draft, I think we should totally trust and go for him. The receivers I like actually we pick one: Bruce Ellington and uh, Kevin White. Uh, Kevin White was injured all last year for Chicago, and he's coming back. I have a lot of hopes for him. Uh, he's not had a great season I think, but I, uh, I still hope uh, he turns it around and does really well. Again, we ended up picking my Titan uh, sleeper as well, which is Dwayne Allen. To me, he's also uh, ranked lower than he should be in the Titan list. And I think uh, with Kobe Fleener gone, like Ravi was explaining, yeah, I expect a lot of good things from him. Last but not the least, uh, keep an eye on Jordan Howard, the rookie running back for uh, Chicago. I used to be a big believer in Jeremy Langford, but it uh, looks like he is struggling a bit. And the fact that Chicago is drafting the running back year after year after year tells you what they think about the ones they do have. So those are my first five sleepers, and keep an eye on them when you do your actual draft. And how about your bus ready? Uh, so, first, firstly, great uh, picks as sleepers, Arvind. I especially like your uh, referring to Kevin White and Dwayne Allen. I'm completely in agreement with you regarding what those two guys could do. So, oh, thank you. And I'm also thrilled that none of your sleeper picks end up on my list. So, that's, <laughs> that's good. So, in no particular order, uh, my bust. Uh, and again, as Arvind said, this is not necessarily folks who will completely flop. It is just that in my mind, these guys are being vastly overrated in regards to their uh, current ADP, which is the average draft position at which they are being picked. So, in no particular order, my first uh, bust pick is Blake Bortles. Uh, he's currently going as the quarterback number nine. Uh, 
I feel last year was just uh, an outcome based on a young team playing from behind most of the time. And they actually threw for, I believe, 13 touchdowns and had only five rushing touchdowns. They now have Chris Ivory in the backfield. Uh, I don't see those numbers coming anywhere close to repeating themselves. Um, to me, uh, Blake Bortles is a prime bust candidate. My number two uh, bust candidate is Tyler Eifert. Uh, obviously, super talent, uh, very good in that passing offense, but coming off a major surgical procedure on his ankle. So that's one thing. Second thing is, again, he's being drafted in, in some cases, the sixth or the seventh round. Uh, as Arvind and I both agreed earlier uh, during the mock draft, uh, picking a Titan in the 6th sixth or 7th round is just kind of against the grain of what we typically believe in. And I wouldn't waste a pick at that stage on a Tyler Eifert if you can get a Kobe Fleener or a Dwayne Allen much later. Uh, my third bust pick is Latavius Murray. It pains me to say this because, again, both Arvind and I are both in the Bay Area. We have high hopes for the Raiders, but Latavius Murray... I think he displayed a lot more in his first half season than he did all of last year. Uh, to me, kind of hurt a bit that uh, the Raiders were going hard after Doug Martin this offseason, which told me that they were less than thrilled about Murray being their uh, bell cow. Uh, also, something interesting from a stats perspective, it appeared that he seemed to wear down as the game went on, averaged just above two yards of carry in the fourth quarter of last season, or the fourth quarter of games last season, all things that make me think of him as maybe an RB3, wherein he's currently going as the 14th or the 15th running back. Uh, my fourth bust uh, candidate is Keenan Allen. Now, he is someone that I've never been a huge fan of. I think he's injury-prone. Uh, San Diego as a team uh, starts off hot and then kind of features down. And I just feel that uh, uh, he gets sometimes usurped uh, in terms of path-catching opportunities by the likes of Danny Woodhead uh, and Antonio Gates. So to me, thinking of Keenan Allen as a second-round pick seems to be vastly overrated. So he's my fourth bust candidate. And my last one, and Arvind, this really breaks my heart, but I too <laughs> very painfully have to say that my fifth bust candidate is David Johnson. Wow. I, I you know, cannot, for the life of me, uh, understand how in some of the leagues he's going about Gurley or even Peterson and Charles. Uh, I see him as a freakish talent. I think he is the Cardinals' best offensive player. I obviously want him to be the number one running back this year for selfish reasons. But having said that, I feel the sample size uh, from last year was so small uh, to make any kind of prediction on what he's going to be, especially a first-rounder, a mid-first-rounder, mid I think, seems uh, ridiculous. Not to mention the fact that, that I think his best games came when both Ellington and Chris Johnson were both injured. So to me, having all those three guys in, plus having Arians chuck the ball down to, to the three wide receivers that we had a tough time deciding between during our mock draft, I mean, just makes me think that there is not as much opportunity for David Johnson as he seemed to have in the second half of last season. So to me, he is my fifth pick to be a bust this year. Great. I tell you what. Those are bold picks, man. I don't know if I would agree with uh, most of them, but <laughs> kudos to you for, for putting your neck out there on the line. I really like it, um, especially the David Johnson and uh, uh, Tyler Eifert ones are pretty bold. So 
Good job. So I think we are done for this week. Uh, thanks everybody for tuning in and catch you again soon. Um, hopefully next week. Let's do it. Yeah. Thanks, Arvind. Yeah, bye. Hey, hey.